This is The Kingdom at Hand from Hosanna Free Lutheran Church in St. James, Minnesota, and I am Pastor Joe Faldet. We have worship at 9.30 a.m. during the summertime. We can be found online at hosannafreelutheran.com and in podcast format on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app as The Kingdom at Hand. Our sermon today is from... Ephesians, Ephesians 5, verses 7 through 16, if you'd please rise out of honor of God's word. Ephesians 5, verses 7 through 16. Ephesians 5, verses 7 through 16. We're going to be looking at light versus dark. And I read in Jesus' name. Therefore, do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. And anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Let us pray. Father, as we come to study your word, I ask that you would be glorified, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to us through it, Lord, and that we might understand how to live it out. Father, that this world might see your light. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. For some reason, this, the, the scope of this sermon is, is difficult because we've got you know, only a few verses, but such huge concepts. Because this is about how we live in this world as Christians. And that's a huge concept because it encompasses all of our lives. You know, it's one thing if we're talking about money or we're talking about service, but here we're talking about every aspect of our Christian lives. There isn't any part of our lives that this doesn't touch. And so the scope is enormous. So as we come into this, uh, Paul starts out and Therefore, do not become partners with them. So again, we start out with a therefore, and that draws us in because that says this isn't existing on its own. It's existing within context. And the context was last week's sermon, but specifically verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. So how many of you want to be hanging out with someone who is going to be, well, destroyed? How many of you farmers want to rent to someone that you know is going to go bankrupt? Anybody? That's senseless. You know, what business person would want to work with someone that they know is deceptive? Who wants to be friends with someone who's a gossip? Who wants to be a confidant to someone who's a liar? 
Who wants to do that? Who would want to become a partner with someone that's going to have the wrath of God come down upon them? You know, that's that old joke when someone says something, you step back and say, you know, I don't want to be in the blast zone of the lightning. This is what that's talking about. I don't want to be in the blast zone. I don't want to be partners with someone that the wrath of God is going to come down upon them. Because if I'm partnered with them, who else does it hit? It's me. It's one thing for me to minister to someone that's living in sin. I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. We don't avoid people that are living in sin. But we don't partner with them. We don't become married to them. We don't join with them in business. We don't become united in some manner with them. We take care. We minister to them. But we don't allow them to draw us into their circle. Because, Paul says, let no one deceive you. The wrath of God will come. Wow. Those are big words. That's harsh. And that's how we need to look at this world. Really, we do look at it as us and them. It's not us, it's not just us versus them, it's us versus the darkness that lives within them. So, therefore, it's us for them against the darkness. Yeah, that'd be the best way to say that. It's us for them against the darkness. Because if the light lives within us, then the darkness is our enemy. And if the darkness is living in them, we should pity them because the wrath of God is going to come upon them. And I don't know anybody who wants the wrath of God to come upon them. Or upon someone that you love and care about. So we don't become partners with them. We don't live like them. We don't embrace their lifestyle. We... We embrace them as those who need help, not as brothers, not as sisters, because they're different. They're sinners. Now, does this mean that we don't have sin in us? No, that doesn't mean that. It means that they approach their sin differently. And this is something that I see. Sorry, I'm I'm going off track. But something that I see very often in the world when I'm interacting with with non-Christians I don't know a non-Christian that doesn't acknowledge that they have sin in their lives. I don't know one. They might not call it sin. They might call it something else. You know, they're carrying guilt. They've got guilt about this. Or, you know, they're disappointed in themselves or something of that sort. But what they're saying is, I know that I don't measure up to the standard that even I have set for myself. And then I'll ask them the question, so what do you do with that? And they'll say something like, well, I try to live better from now on. Well, that's good. But how do you deal with the sin that was, how do you deal with your failures of the past? I try to ignore them. I try to learn from them. But how do you pay for them? How do you deal with them? And to a person, they don't know. They don't know how to deal with the failures of the past. But as a Christian, we know, right? This is what makes us Christians. It's not because we are, we are sinless in all things that we do, at least not most of us. I don't know any of you guys who are either. So, um, Not because we're sinless in all that we do. It's because that we know we can bring our sins to Christ and receive forgiveness. 
and receive reconciliation and receive grace. Not that we pay for it. And not that we don't learn from our sins. How many of you have ever learned from a sin? Any of you? I have. I'm going to raise both of my hands. All the time. One of my failures I've learned from. Hoofda. But we don't continue to walk in them. Why? Because the fruit of sin is, what does Paul say? For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. But the fruit of sin is actually unfruitful. It doesn't produce what they're looking for it to produce. And so as we're called to be light. Now this is one of the great things about being a Christian. The works of Christianity are by their very nature. What Paul says here. The works of Christianity are by their very nature good and right and true. How many of you want to do what is good? How many of you want to do what is right? How many, well, we'll do the opposite. How many of you like to be wrong? I've seen some of you. You've got lots of practice at it. I do too. <laughs> We've got lots of practice at being wrong, but we want to be right. So we walk like a Christian. Because that's what it means to be a Christian. It's right. That's what righteousness is. It is the, the nature of being right. Wow, that's crazy. So we could say that we've got righteousness and wrongedness. Should have thought through that before I started that sentence. But that's what the difference is. We've got righteousness and wrongedness. I don't have a better word for that. Not Unrighteousness, I like wrongedness better. It's more sticky. Um, but that's the fruit of Christianity. That's what our works are. That's what Christianity produces. It produces goodness. It produces righteousness. It produces rightness. It produces light. It produces truth. Because John talks about how light and the truth are the same thing. They're brought together in Christ. It produces truth. And so then this truth becomes a powerful worker in this world. Goodness is a powerful worker in this world. Rightness is a powerful worker in this world. Truth is a powerful worker in this world. What are we called to do as Christians? How do we change the world? We live out Christianity. That's how we change the world. We don't live like the world. If we live like the world, we could never change the world. I'm living in lies. If I'm embracing the wrongness of the world, saying, you know, it's okay. It's not that big of a deal. How will that ever change? How will the world ever change to come to know Jesus? Because that's really what they need, right? They really need Jesus. They really need Jesus. We live out Christianity. We stand as light. Because the darkness can't stand before the light, can it? What darkness can stand before a candle? That's what Paul says here. And it's so, so impactful. There's so much here. <laughs> Paul says... That at one time, you were darkness. You were that which continued to bring darkness into the world. If you're not a Christian, what are you? You are darkness. You perpetuate darkness. 
non-Christians perpetuate darkness because they live in darkness because they don't want to admit that they are darkness. So they encourage other people in their darkness. You ever run across a sinner that because they have this sin in their life, they're continuing to encourage someone else in their sin? Apart from Christ, you are darkness. If you haven't confessed your sins to Jesus, you're just going to continue to live in your darkness. And so then we act as light. Because that's what, pleasing, that's what is pleasing to the Lord. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. This is what it means to act as Christians. To be heirs of God. That I do that which God wants me to do. Instead of being an heir of Satan and doing what Satan wants me to do. Because those are really the two options. Right, Herman? That's, that's what you taught me. Right? No. But that's right. I got one of two masters. Isn't that what Bob Dylan said? You know, the, the theologian Bob Dylan? You're going to serve somebody. You're either going to serve the devil or you're going to serve the Lord, but you're going to serve somebody. That comes from Bob Dylan. Crazy stuff. So we seek to do that which is pleasing to the Lord, to please Him because He's our Lord. He is our master. He is our savior. He is our friend. He is our brother. He is our father. This is our Lord. So we try to discern what is pleasing to him because of who he is and what he has done. What does that mean? That means that we walk as Christians in this world. That means that we bear fruit that is right and good and true rather than the unfruitful works of darkness because the works of darkness never work out. Sin never plays out. It never accomplishes the goal for which it is set. It always fails in the end. So be light. Walk as children of the light. If you're a Christian, just embrace your Christianity. Give it your all. Don't, don't be a half-hearted Christian. Say, you know what? I'm a Christian. Therefore, I'm going to be a Christian. And then as we do that, we're going to expose the darkness. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to... So what does that mean? For. So Paul explains it to us. Because as I read that, I was like, oh, no, how am I going to talk about this? Oh, then Paul does it for me. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. So take no part in the unfruitful works in darkness... Because it's shameful even to speak of them. Don't, don't get into them. Don't let them be the things that exist within you. If you are avoiding darkness, people are going to see that there's something different. Because you're not living in the things that they're living in. You're not existing in the way that they're existing. So don't have anything to do with them. Avoid them. And why do we avoid them? Because we're not as strong as we'd like to think we are. I know that I'm not. I'm not as strong as I'd like to think I am. I work really hard to not get into, get into heated discussions. Because I have a hard time when I enter into a debate to step back and say, you know what, we're done. Because I like to win. 
And there's a little bit of competitiveness in me, and so it's not even just that I want them to know that they're right, I want them to know that I'm right. And I know that if I start getting into one of those, I'm going to bring it to its conclusion, because I'm not as strong as I'd like to think I am. And so I really watch myself when I get into a debate. I I just have to. Because I'm not as strong as I'd like to think I am. And so Paul says, avoid it. Well, why do we avoid it? Why do we avoid something? Farmers, why would you avoid a pothole in your field? Because your tractor, you don't know how strong your tractor is versus that pothole, right? Why don't you just plow right through it? Because I might get stuck. Sometimes you try. What happens when you try? Sometimes you get through it, right? And sometimes you waste a half a day. Trying to get out of it. Been there. Done that. We tried to get through a swamp. That was more than a half a day. Man, that was terrible. I'll tell you that story a different time. Um, got a lot of good peat, peat moss for our garden, though, afterwards. <laughs> trying to clean out that. Um, but we avoid it. Why? Because we're not as strong as we'd like to think we are. I can make it through. You know what? But sometimes you can't. When it comes to your spirit, it's a lot bigger deal than a tractor. When it comes to your soul, eternity, it's a lot bigger deal than a half a day. So we don't even talk about these things. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. And so whenever we start doing um, church discipline, usually it comes up, well, but everybody's got something in their lives. It's like, you're right. Everybody's got something in your lives. We're not pursuing the something that's in everybody's life. I'm not going through all of your lives with a fine-tooth comb trying to find any hidden sins that you haven't shown me yet. That's not my goal. That's not our goal as a congregation. We trust each other. But when sins come to light, we deal with them. We deal with them. When they, when they bubble up, when we're living in righteousness, if I'm living in righteousness, that light is going to shine into the lives of the people who are around me, and then things will come up in their lives. It's really interesting. It always seems to happen, at least for me. Maybe it's because I'm a pastor. I know that other people have different giftings, and so then they have different experiences. But as I live in the truth, Error is revealed. And then as that error is revealed, we deal with it. As the truth exposes it, then we take care of it. We're not prying. We're trusting. We trust God that the sins that need to be dealt with are exposed so that they can be dealt with. And it's possible that there are other things that haven't been exposed yet. I know there's probably sins in my life that haven't been exposed. But we're going to leave those aside for right now. Um, But as those things get exposed, we deal with them. As we pray, Lord, try me. Know my sin. Show it to me. Lest there be anything grievous in me. When God says, there's something that you're doing or there's something that you're not doing. Why do you make your wife do the dishes so often? Because it's her job. No, that's not right. (laughs) She's supposed to be in the kitchen. Um, No, sorry, that's a bad joke. But as 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 we're living in righteousness, this is how sin, we deal with sin. As it comes up in the congregation, 
When we see it, we say, hey, here's something that's going on in your life that's been exposed because of whatever. Can we talk about that? This needs to be dealt with. Or someone will come to you and say, you know, I, I see you've been doing this, and I need help with that. Say, all right, we'll help you. We'll bring you through. So we expose the darkness, not by seeking out the darkness that might live in some corner of your life, but by simply living in the truth. The light just exposes the darkness. It reveals it. So then it can be dealt with. Those things which are in the darkness can be dealt with. And after they're dealt with, we get this really crazy passage. And this, I've always loved this. For anything that becomes visible is light. And so people have asked me, so why do you talk about your struggles at times? Because then I can use my struggles to help anyone else out of their struggles. And so my struggles then become light for someone else. This is how we get out of this. It becomes light. Finally, walk in the light. Sorry, I jumped ahead of myself. Because anything that becomes visible is light. It changes its character. The sin that I dealt with yesterday can become light tomorrow. Does that mean that that sin has actually changed its character? No, that means that that action has changed its purpose. And now it can be something that leads people out of darkness. See, I had this darkness in my life. So we could, I could, well, I could point to any number of things. You know, I've talked about swearing when I was in high school. Talked about, you know, struggling with, with greed. You know, one of the best ways to get out of the struggle with greed is to start giving things away. As you give things away, you realize that, you know what, they're not really that important. Because they're not. What stuff? doesn't bring happiness, doesn't bring joy, doesn't bring contentment, doesn't bring satisfaction, doesn't bring any of the things that it says it's going to bring. And so as I struggled with greed, started giving things away, trying to be more generous, and the more generous that we became, the less greedy I became because I realized that, you know, an extra $100 isn't going to make me any happier in this world. Does that mean that we don't try to save so that we have money for all of our expenses and try to save for retirement? It doesn't mean that at all. It just means that that's not the goal. Now the goal is Jesus. And the more that we seek Jesus, the more that we see that these things are actually hindering our walk with Jesus so then we can get rid of these things. Because Jesus is our goal. So that which is visible is light. This is what's helped me out of it. Try it. See, I've been there too. You can be cured. I think of some of the friends that I've had that have been alcoholics. We were actually talking about that on Friday at Youth for Christ. You know, alcoholism. Can you get out of it? Yeah. So get out of it. It's possible. See, there are these examples, and we were going through examples that we each knew, and how they've been healed, and how some have been cured, and some just, they went through AA, and now they just avoid it. Why? Because there is healing. How do we know that? Because all of these people have been healed. So if there's any sin in your life that you're struggling with, I can promise you, as Joe Faldet, not as pastor, there is forgiveness. There is cleansing. 
and there's healing. doesn't matter which one. Isn't that cool? And so I can say that because I have sinned. So this is the message we have to bring to the world. So then we live wisely, and that's what it means to live wisely. We live properly. We live in, I was listening to a, a fellow named Naval, and he said, wisdom is walking in such a way that you're focused on the long-term consequences instead of the short-term consequences. I thought, you know, that's a pretty good, this is an Indian fellow, he's a Hindu, and he's like, but that's a pretty good definition of wisdom. Problem is, we don't always know the long-term consequences. So he doesn't trust God with them, that's what we're called to do. Okay, Lord, this is what the plan is. I'm going to trust you to bring that into fruit. But that's wisdom. We walk wisely. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. How many of you want to be unwise? Like that's always a fun place to be, right? No. Walk wisely. What does that mean? That means walk in the light. What does that mean? That means walk in that which is good and right and true. That's what it means. How do we know what that is? Well, that's what the Lord reveals to us. That's why Paul says, discerning what is pleasing to the Lord. Because what is pleasing to the Lord is that which is good and right and true. What is pleasing to the Lord is that which is wise. All of these things exist in parallel. So we walk in them. I don't know how, I don't know how to more clearly say it. I want to be wrong, so I'm going to walk with the world. Usually people say, I'm going to, I want to be wise, so I'm going to walk with the world. It's like, you can't do that. I want to walk both in lie and truth at the same time. It doesn't work. Why do we do this? Making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. So that word evil has been misconstrued a number of times. Here's what it means. They are sickly and they are passing away. Our days are passing. Yesterday's already gone. Today is not that far from half over. Our days pass like a flash. They're dying. That's what Paul is saying. Our days are dying. Don't live for them. Live for Christ. That's eternity. These days are evil. And this word evil here in the Greek means something that is sickly and dying, like an evil wind that brings disease. You guys ever heard that phrase? It's kind of a, I don't know. I think there is, yeah. There's a couple times in literature that that's used. But in the older English, this idea of evil is used. That it's evil, it's an, an evil wind. And it brings death and destruction with it. And that's what the days are doing. And we see that in America, right? As time passes, things are getting better. Not according to the news, at least. Depends on where you look. Days are evil. The days are sickly. The days are dying. Therefore, what? What do we do? We just hunker down and, you know, make a conversion van to go and hide in and go off into Idaho or Wyoming where nobody else lives? No. What was that? Montana. Yeah, there's lots of open space in Montana. That's true. The big woods up in Canada. Is that what we do? No. We live wisely because the days are evil. We live wisely because the days are passing. This is how we deal with this fact. The days are passing. Each of us is getting older. You know, during this sermon, you've already lost a half an hour of your life. And you'll never get it back. I hope it's a good investment. Thank you.
But that's happened. Days are passing away. How do you deal with that? Live wisely. Live in that which is true and good and right. Walk in the light. Do what is pleasing to the Lord. That's how we deal with that fact. It's not hunkering down. It's not protecting ourselves. It's none of those things because it's still going to come. We live properly. Amen. Let us pray. Father, thank you. We thank you for light. We thank you for making us light. That we can become light. That we have become light. Lord, and I pray that we would embrace that light. All it offers to us is good. Lord, we thank you for that, for the offering that this light gives to us. Lord, and I pray that we would see the truth of darkness, that we'd walk in light, Lord, that we'd walk in humility towards you, trusting you, or glorifying you, doing what is pleasing to you, Father, and that when we don't, that you would expose those sins in us, that we might then again please you and deal with them, bring them to you. And may we walk wisely, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.